Welcome to Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. I'm your host, Dr. William Baker. And in this week's, or excuse me, today's podcast, I'm going to talk about values, morals, ethics. And we're going to continue reading in Matthew uh, chapter 9, verse 27 through 34. So first I want to say welcome to the podcast. I hope everybody's had a blessed week. I hope everybody is doing well, and we're going to jump right into values, morals, and ethics. So I'm going to go in that order. We're going to talk about, uh, okay, let's talk about values. Um, So values, what are they? What do you value? Well, there's lots of things we value. We could say, well, I value my house. I value my friendships. I value going to church on Sunday. I value praying. Or some people say, I value my time, so I don't pray. I value sports, so I don't have time to go to church. So, as you know, we need to think about the values, the morals, and ethics from a Christian standpoint. So, values, what are values? They're an individual's accepted standards of right or wrong. Now, we all have core values that we accept as right or wrong. This has nothing to do with society. And I say that because as an individual, you're not raised by society. You're raised by some people. It may be your mother and father. It could be someone else, a family member. It could be somebody you don't know. It could be uh, medical personnel, someone appointed by the courts, a guardian. And you will learn, you know, you'll develop your values based on your experiences, what you see, feel, hear, etc. You know, what's right and wrong, what you see of people around you doing. Now, you're going to internalize that and you're going to say, you know, is that something I, I place value on, you know? Is it right or wrong? You're going to develop that core, those core values. And you're going to make a judgment and you're going to put them in that right or wrong category. Now, morals, morals are society standards of right and wrong. They're they're similar to ethics, but they're not because these are what society standards as, as right and wrong are. Now, We could look at that from a Christian viewpoint, but let's take a look at it from a non-Christian viewpoint for a second. So, in some countries, gay or lesbian, being a gay or lesbian, will will get you killed. You know, in some countries in the Middle East, they will take you up on a tall building and push you off and you'll die. You'll, I've, I've seen that, you'll literally be pushed off a building and you're going to hit the ground pretty hard and you're not going to survive it. Uh, the, the people I saw didn't survive it. Now they've got core values in that society. They have morals and the morals are based on a lot of times in some, to some degree on the core values that those individuals have. But in that society, They're saying, you know, we value 
what's right and wrong. And, and we don't view gay or lesbian as being right in this society. And they value that over those person's lives. Now, God wouldn't want anybody to kill anybody for being gay or lesbian. You're making a judgment call there, and I'm sorry, we're not God. You know, you can't say, oh, you're wrong, you're you're gay or lesbian. And this isn't to talk about gay or lesbian. Um, it's just an example. But we're not God. We're supposed to love thy neighbor. Remember that. Um, there's those who have less maturity who make jokes and fun and play about that. But at heart, it very much does target individuals out there. And it can hurt them or make them feel less. Why? Because you have an immature thought process and mentality. Someone does. And, and you know, they, and there's others out there that want to judge that. Well, I'm sorry. Like I said, you need to remember we're not God. And people are going to say, well, I have my preferences and, and I can, I can, yes. But then you can't call yourself a Christian. You should get down and pray and ask for forgiveness. Now, going back to the values and morals, you know, society standards of right and wrong. Usually that can get codified into laws for a society, right? So we have laws, we have local laws and there's, there's local laws and then there could be county laws, which expand out. Then you've got, you know, state laws, then you have federal laws and it depends on what society you live in. You know, you'll still have those onion ring layers um, of laws growing, evolving from where you're located at. You know, you have the small ones in the town you're in, then, you know, what's bigger than the town you live in, you know, then you have those. And then eventually you'll have the country that you live in. Those are like federal laws. Now, ethics, because people get confused in all this. So that that's, you know, society standards are right and wrong. Ethics, very similar, but it's a structured system of principles that govern appropriate conduct for a group. So when we think about ethics, think about doctors have a code of ethics. They shall do no harm. Police officers are supposed to have a code of ethics. They're supposed to protect and serve. I'm not going to get into the policing because there's issues around that. Not everyone should be a police officer who is, and the way that policing is done is a little outdated. It doesn't mean we need to get rid of the police. It means we need to modernize it. Um, you have engineers that have, you know, there's groups of engineers um, that have ethics. There are scientists in different different areas of a scientific community, you know, it could be biology, chemistry, um, chemical engineering combination, um, you name it, but, th but they have different ethics. It's, you know, certain codes that they cherish and hold high value in, you know, and they place them, um, in a recorded fashion 
they're written down basically so people can see them and it's it's something they see so you know think about that where do you where else do you see ethics where they're written down like that it's not they're not laws but you know they're like almost like a code of conduct for the group so you got those core values the person's individual what they view as right or wrong very much influenced how they grew up and then you got morals society standards so that's a lot of different individuals looking at their core values and coming together and saying you know hey we we agree with this and this and this and this and this is right or wrong for our society but it's a you know many different people coming together and agreeing upon that and then the ethics are you know appropriate conduct principles appropriate conduct for a group so there there's the difference and they're close Morals, base, you know, are developed from the core values. But from as a Christian, think about that. Think about those values and morals. You know, what are your values as a Christian? Love thy neighbor. Are you going to help somebody? Are you going to forgive? Are you going to judge them? Honor thy mother and father. We got the Ten Commandments. Right? They're kind of like morals and ethics combined. They're right and wrong. They tell us. But it's for a group, too. The Christians. So it's a combination. But in society, what do you see? You don't see that in society. There's a degradation of society as we currently have it. It's getting worse. Social media and just the lack of compassion and values and morals and, and what, you know, parents don't teach their kids. They don't have time. They want to go out there and have fun and they want to do what they want. And if they can get away with it, they don't care about following the, the laws or the rules because they don't think it applies to them. And as Christians, we need to be careful because that you know, it's not just dangerous for us, but as a Christian, if you start associating with that, that mindset, well, soon, what happens to prayer time? What happens to the time that you have dedicated to read the Bible? What happens to going to church? What just went out the window because you have more important things to do. You have to go worship those sports figures, right? Oh, you got to watch the sports. Those guys make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. For what? They don't do anything for society. Well, I gave over here. I gave to this charity. Leave me alone. Oh, really? Your heart wasn't in it, was it? Did it make you feel better for a second? It's certainly not going to save you. Your deeds aren't going to save you. You can't buy your way out of it. If you want salvation, if you want redemption, if you want to be freed from your sins, you can't buy your way out of that. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about this week. Um, 
primarily because I've been driving around and, um, you know, I've, I've had very bad incidents on the road, um, where, where people have almost, uh, got me into auto wreck several times this week. Uh, just the ignorance of other people. And they don't think how dangerous it is. You know, somebody slapping the brakes on in front of me to a perfect stop on a highway and there's nobody in front of them. And then they zoom off. I've been cut off several times. But they don't think about that. It irritates me because I don't want to be hurt because somebody's didn't plan properly. But they don't have that compassion and love and in their heart. They don't care. They're not thinking about other things. I don't know that they're thinking about anything. But anyway, enough of that. We're going to go on to the reading. Um, you know, if you can relate to that or have a story or something, let me know. Go out there to Podbean, Christian Life with Dr. William Baker, and uh, send me a comment. There's other, you could either place a comment there or you can reach out to me, my email, or you can actually mail me a letter. So let me know. And we're going to look at Jesus heals the uh, two blind men and Jesus heals a man and able to speak. So let's go to Matthew chapter nine, verse 27. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, See that no one knows about it. But they went away and they spread his fame through all that district. Now, let's break that down. So he's moving on. Two blind men follow him, crying aloud, have mercy on us, son of David. Now, that's important. That goes back to messianic prophecy, right? It lets you know, son of David. They know who he is. He's not just... A, a charlatan, you know, oh, this guy can heal. No, he's the son of David, the long line of kings. But he's going to be a king in his own kingdom one day, just not of this earth. But they said son of David, so that's important. They recognize that. When they entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. So you've got son of David, and they said, yes, Lord. They recognize him for who he is. But there's a, you know, we're going to run into a problem here in a minute. He touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about it. Now, he healed them. He can heal. It's Jesus, the son of God. The Godhead, right? Jesus, you've got God, and you've got the Holy Spirit. 
But he said, see that no one knows about it. And why does he say that? Well, the son of David and Lord allude to that. He has certain prophecies he needs to fulfill. He has certain works he needs to do. <clears throat> he doesn't want to be encumbered by people coming to see him just because they want to be healed without the belief. Now, if you're a believer, you believe in Jesus, you believe he was sent here and he is God's son, that's fine. But just to go to him because you want to be healed, that's another matter. No belief at all, right? What's the Bible tell us? According to Jesus, he would rather, you know, save that for his believers than waste it on swine. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all that district. Even though they called him the son of David, they called him Lord. They didn't understand. They don't understand. He doesn't want people hunting him down because they just want to be healed. He doesn't want people hunting him down because, oh, you blasphemer, you're, you're not who you say you are. Right? We're going to see that in the next section. He doesn't want to be encumbered by that. He has works to do. Now, Jesus heals a man unable to speak. We're in Matthew 9, verse 32. And as they were going away, behold, a demon-oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke, and the crowds marveled, saying, Never was anything like this seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casts out demons by the prince of demons. So let's break this one down. They're going away, the blind men, and a demon-oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. Now, demons can do a lot of bad things. In this case, the demon made the man mute, so he couldn't speak at all. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. You know, he said something. And the crowds marveled, saying, never was anything like this seen in Israel. So the crowds knew the mute man for being a mute. And they know that Jesus, not all of them knew who he was, being the son of David, they knew him as, you know, Jesus, he's a miracle worker, I guess, you know. Well, he was. He's more than a miracle worker, though. Nothing like this was ever seen in Israel. They don't know their own prophecies and history and, you know, but but the crowds are saying this. They're saying, you know, this is this is great. My God, we've got this guy. He's healing people. We've never seen anything like this. He's wonderful. But the Pharisees are saying he casts out demons by the prince of demons. Now, why would the Pharisees say this? First, as we know, the Pharisees are part of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is the Israeli, the 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 Israel people's, the Jewish people's government. It's a Sanhedrin. It's made up of two bodies. You've got the Pharisees and you've got the Sadducees. And 
the Pharisees were there saying that. And yes, Jesus was a Pharisee. He preached in the temples a lot. Now he cast out the, you know, he said that he cast out demons by the prince of demons. They don't want the people to be lifting Jesus up and exalting him. You know, it worries them. You know, they the Pharisees think he's a false prophet. And they don't like the people taking the the worship away from them. You know, people are worshiping them, people are giving them money and food and taking care of them. And they listen, the people listen to the Pharisees, right? But now you've got this other guy, Jesus, who's healing people, casting out demons. I mean, that's powerful. You're casting out a demon and they're losing something there. They don't like that. So they say, cast out demons by the prince of demons. Now, let me ask you. You have somebody with a demon. The demon's doing his work. He's doing the devil. The devil's work. Is the devil going to let you cast him out? That's only hurting the devil. The devil's not going to give you that kind of power. But the Pharisees want everybody to think that Jesus is in league with the devil, that he's no good. They want to turn everybody away from Jesus. They want to condemn him, right? It's pretty heavy. That's amazing because the Pharisees have values, what they believe is good and bad. They have morals, right? They're supposed to have some ethics, but they're not following any of them. None. What kind of Christians are they? You have to ask yourself. They're not very good. Christians at all. Not very good Christians at all. What kind of Christian do you want to be? Now, I briefly talked about the values, morals, and ethics at the beginning. I'm going to get into specific values that Christians should value. And we're going to talk about the mor morality of Christianity and I'm going to find some verses in the Bible here to reference. So next time we, we uh, talk, I'll, I'll try to lead off with that. And then we'll get into uh, the next section in Matthew. So I hope everybody's enjoyed that. Um, as always, if you have a comment, question, concern, if you want me to talk about something, um, that you're not sure about, or if you just have a question, want to keep it private, you can always reach out to me. Um, for those who are suffering, and I want to point this out, you know, I don't want people to suffer. I really don't. So if you're having a hard time, if you're suffering, you know, you want to, you know, you're having bad thoughts, you want to do bad things, um, please reach out to me. Talk to me. Let me talk to you. You can leave a comment, you know, go to Christian Life with Dr. William Baker at Podbean. Um, you can send me an email. It has a contact page there with my email. That's my Gmail account. And it's got my address. That is my address where I live. 
So don't be shy. Don't hesitate. You know, if you think, oh, I, I, I hear this guy, but I, I just can't believe it. I'm not like those people you see on TV. I'm not. I don't want anything from you. If I can help you, I'd like to talk to you and try to help you through some things if I can. You know, remember, take time out. God is always with you. And if you're just not sure about something, reach out to me first, please, before you do anything. I can make a difference in your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me now. You wouldn't be thinking about that right now. Take the time to reach out to me. Don't want anything. I don't want anything at all. I don't want one penny from you. Just a little bit of your time. That's all I want. want the best for you. Keep reading your Bible. Make time to pray. If you're not sure how to pray, I have a podcast on praying. About creating a prayer space. Talking to God. Building up that spiritual currency for when you need it. Christianity can be hard. The demons will come after us. Not everything's a demon, though. It can be society. Society wants to pull you away from Christianity. They don't want you to do the right thing. Think about that when you go to vote for someone in politics, wherever you live. Do they represent what you value? Do they represent your values and morals and ethics? As a Christian, does it hurt? There's things that you know, people point out to me all the time, things churches have done in history. But let's look what God has done. I'm not basing this on a church perspective. Because a lot of things that churches have done are wrong. They've done it for the benefit of the church and the people in the church. Well, the people are the church. The people are the foundation of any country. So the countries are founded on what? Religion. Because you are the church. The Christian church. And make sure your values and ethics and morals are represented there. Otherwise, what good is it? Anyway, I'm rambling. I hope everybody has a blessed week. And don't forget, reach out to me. You know, if you need to talk, speak, email, text, whatever, reach out to me. And uh, we'll talk. I will be the one responding to you. So with that, have a blessed week. This has been Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. God bless. Mm -hmm.